Hey, everyone. Welcome to Unpacking Perspectives. I'm your host, Nicole Davison. And today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest. And I just wanted to acknowledge for a moment that I literally asked her at the last minute to come on to our episode because I have been thinking about this for quite some time. And I just figured, you know what, we're just going to go with it. Because as you all know, our podcast, Unpacking Perspectives, we have Instagram accounts, we have Facebook accounts, we have, you know, all the things that many of you know, I do not love doing. I do not love social media content. I'm not good at it. I always say that it's just not my wheelhouse because this is my wheelhouse, talking to my guests and my clients and my students. And today I am honored to be welcoming Nia Brasadafero. She is our graphic designer, social media content creator, behind the scenes, the person that makes all of this happen on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. And I could not be more thrilled and honored to have her join us today. So Nia, welcome to Unpacking Perspectives. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. It's an honor to be here. Well, you know, I know we had a conversation not too long ago and out of nowhere, I'm like, you need to come on to our podcast. It was so wild. I was like, sure, you know, I like talking. Well, and I love talking to you. And I think that it's really important to be able to share your story. And as I mentioned to you before, I think that a lot of individuals out there can relate to maybe some of the things that you and I have been talking about. So I kind of, as I said, I wanted to unpack this. So first, right. So first and foremost, I'd love for you to just take a couple minutes, share with our listeners a little bit about yourself. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. Hi, I'm Nia Brasadafaro. I'm going to be 22 next month. I recently graduated Quinnipiac University with a bachelor's in graphic and interactive design. And I've been a creator and graphic designer for pretty much most of my life and social media content creator since I was, I think, 12 on Instagram. And now I do it for clients and doing it for fun and doing what I love. And I have clients and I create content. It just makes me really happy. And I also make websites and I have a whole portfolio at niabdesign.com, which is my portfolio if anyone wants to see. And this is what I enjoy doing. And I'm. it's a pleasure that I get to do it and bring people joy like Nicole. Well, I love that. And, you know, you and I have talked about this for me, I don't enjoy creating the marketing stuff, right? And obviously, I've been really lucky over the years to have incredible interns and students that help me out. And when you started working on our account with Driven, I just absolutely loved the way that you put everything together, the vision that you have. And obviously, we talk through a lot of the stuff before we put everything out there. But, you know, I think there's also that job search component in all of this. And, you know, there's there's a piece of this that I wanted to just talk about, because when you think back to when you were in high school, I mean, you just said you've been doing this for 10 years. Yes. Right. That's that's a long time to be doing all of this. And for me, I'm thinking, gosh, did that all even exist then? And it did. I, it just wasn't on my radar. It took me a long time to do any type of Instagram work. But when you think back to when you were in high school and, you know, freshman year was on the horizon for college, right? Did you have a vision as to, you know, where you saw yourself working in this space? 
I always knew that I wanted to do graphic design because I was lucky enough in high school, West Hartford Hall High School, we had graphics classes, which I took advantage of because I think it was one of our like extra period classes that we could take and we could choose like between that and like Woodshop. And I was like, I love graphic design, Photoshop, Adobe. And I chose that and I had a wonderful teacher. I forgot his name, sadly. I got to take that class twice in my four years. And that's where I learned how to do Adobe and all like the programs and After Effects because I didn't have a computer at the time. And I was like, can I do this professionally? And then I also liked writing, which is why it's my minor. But at the time I did a double major at mm-hmm. Quinnipiac for journalism and graphic design. I was <laughs> I was loved by everyone in the communications department because they're like, ma'am, this is a lot. I knew from the get-go, I never was like, oh, what will I do with my life? Graphic design, 100%. It's what I'm good at and I'm passionate about. I always say in job interviews, they're like, what do you do in your free time? I'm like, exactly this. Mm-hmm. I do this in my free time because I love doing it. They're like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. Like, I was, I would get off this and start making content for myself. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and on a little bit of a side note, because you have obviously your experience at Driven, but you also have your own following on on social media, on Instagram. And that is a big component. Because I remember when I first started, you know, looking through your, I was like, wow, I thought some of, I had no idea what any of this was. So would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about your, just your brand, just all, it's amazing. Absolutely. My brand, I'm become more open and sharing about who I am since I am a member of the LGBTQ community and open about that, especially during these wild times of not great people and not great culture and society. And I definitely want to share my opinions, especially now that I can vote. I'm not going to get political, but I definitely want to spread happiness and love and acceptance. Now that I have 13,000 followers on my Instagram, which is the Royal Gay Mess, and I use that to promote my favorite things, which originally it was for the TV show Once Upon a Time on ABC, which I got a lot of following from that, and then it ended. But a lot of like the actors from that, I have a lot of followers from Broadway, as well as like voiceover actors. And I just use that to share my favorite things because I definitely have really random interests, and I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, I can design stuff around them and apparently people enjoy them. So it really is amazing because when I first found that, that social media handle, when I first found that account and I started looking at it, remember I asked you, I said, are you an actress? You know, I mean, I I honestly, it's, I, but it's beautiful. It's amazing. And it really is a testament to your passion for sharing content because that is in a big piece of this industry of what you do. And, you know, something that, that you really hit on in a, just a moment ago, Nia, you know, this brings you joy. This brings you, you know, you, you're passionate about this, about spreading positivity. And, you know, obviously we need more of that in the world in, in so many areas. I see such a talent within you, but there's also a time that, and I've said this to you before, I feel like you, you're very hard on yourself. And I, I don't feel like you give yourself enough credit as to how awesome you are, you know? So I I just, I wanted to acknowledge that because, you know, as someone that has been able to benefit from your content, you know, like you have worked so hard 
for unpacking perspectives in the last couple of months. And I just see it's just effortless to you. And, and I wanted to share that to our listeners because there are obviously a lot of students out there that that go through the same thing. You know, they're kind of like, well, I don't know, you know, I'm just starting out, but I just, I wanted to sit with that for a moment and, you know, think about what you've been doing. And if I were interviewing you right now for a job and I were to say to you, you know, where do you see yourself going in your career as you're just starting out? You, you're you kind of just at the foundation of it. What do you see? I see a lot of things, but the main thing I see is just growing as a designer and learning. I always say I would love to learn from like a whole team and coworkers because unfortunately I am remote working with Driven and it's just me. I do have coworkers, but they're not with me 24-7. I have email contact with them, but I'd love to work in person with a team or hybrid or something and just learn from other people and work on a whole team and collaborate. And that's my dream to share my ideas with others, even if I know that all ideas get picked, blah, blah, blah. But just having a say in things like in an opinion and having that being taken seriously as a woman just in general, not that like there's not many women in the graphic design world, but borderline. It's just I would love to be a part of a group and share my ideas and passions. Yeah. You graduated in May of 2022. And I love the way you say that. Yeah. But when I see May 2022 on a resume, I can tell you one of my immediate reactions is they've been through a lot. Yep. Right. And, you know, when I think about that, you were in college at the height of COVID and the shutdown and going remote. And, you know, obviously you are a technical person, you're able to do this, but tell me a little bit about what that was like. Did it change your perspective about the workforce, about your purpose in getting out of college and moving on into a professional role? So I was a sophomore. It was my spring of my sophomore year in 2020. And being home and doing schooling is just an interesting thing. I'm like, oh, I'm back in high school. I definitely thought it was like, not that it was like a step in the right direction, but I thought having like at home meetings and Zoom calls was definitely helpful for people who can't afford transit or just commuting. And I definitely thought it was like 20, it was 2020, but it was 2020 like envision thing that like, oh, now we can do our jobs at home. We can do it from anywhere in the world. I had a drama class and they were in California Mm because they were from there and they had to wake up at the crack of dawn because it was an 8 a.m. But it was just insane that we're all doing the same class. And I definitely think it impacted the workforce, even though people do not want to admit it, especially very big business professionals, because they want you to be back in person that I've been seeing. And they're like, we're in person 24-7. We're doing the five-day work week. But there's a lot of interview. There's a lot of jobs that I've gone on to interview. They're hybrid or like you come in two days a week and the rest are at home. And I'm like, this is a good invention. Because I believe that, not that you shouldn't be in person five days a week, but it's definitely, we're taking advantage of the technology that we have and we're using it for good. So mm-hmm. I don't know why we don't take advantage of it more. And even though I, I'm i kind of glad, even though it's <laughs> it was COVID and COVID's bad, 
but I'm glad I got a firsthand experience. It wasn't like trying to learn from somebody else or not in a firsthand position of I'm doing school. I have to know Zoom. I have to know how to do everything. And I think professors and business people as well. But like if I let's say I wasn't a student or I was like searching and wasn't taught how to use Zoom, I think that would I would have missed out on a giant part of what business in the workforce is right now. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny, Neil, when you say that, I think back to when I was probably, I would say maybe like seven, seven or so years ago in Skype. Remember Skype? Oh boy. And I remember I was so not interested at all. I didn't want to be on camera, even, even with the FaceTime. And this is where I'm totally showing my age, but I didn't like it. I don't like seeing myself on camera, but fast forward to the COVID period, all of a sudden we had no choice. And as a professor, we had to teach online. And I realized in that experience, I didn't mind it. You know, I actually enjoyed it. And, you know, even somebody, you know, I have a young child, well, not a young child anymore. He's a teenager. But when he was younger, when I was teaching, if there was a snowstorm, I would always get anxious about having to go to work. And what if he had to be home? So there's definitely a flexibility that we've been able to enjoy. But I'm happy to see that companies are coming around, being more flexible. So, you know, it just, it gives you that option where if you need to work from home one day, you can, and you can be more productive, you know, and and especially in your field with graphic design, you don't have to be in the office the whole time. I think it's just that shift in mindset for some Mm -hmm. employers to realize, well, my employees are just as productive, if not more when they're given that flexibility. So absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. So here's my question for you. And this is something that I I really wanted to unpack with you because, you know, you are a recent graduate, gradually entering the workforce. You obviously are working part-time. You do have a good amount of tabs opened. Yes. So what would you say has been the most challenging? And this is where I know other students out there are going to be listening and they can relate to this. What are you finding to be the most challenging aspect of the job search right now? I think getting a good grip and making an impression because most of the time they just look at your resume and I like my resume, which you can see on my website because it's designed and everything, but that's the only thing they see Mm -hmm. from you. And unless they really like you and ask for an interview and they see you in person or on Zoom, but it's making an impression because everything you send your portfolio and resume digitally now. Yep. On LinkedIn, indeed, and trying to make an impression of the one tiny bracket you are in the 200 people, let's say, or 63 random numbers, but you're, you're a tiny piece of the hiring process. You can make an impression before you even go for an interview yeah. because you can be like, hey, these are my talents. And then especially with a cover letter which I love doing because it's also equally as designed, especially even when they don't ask for one. I put one in just to be like, hey, I'm not just applying because this job was in the easy to apply thing on LinkedIn. Like, Mm -hmm. I I really want the job Mm -hmm. because people just apply to like 70 jobs and say, oh, I did it because there's a lot of really random jobs on LinkedIn. I'm realizing because I get emails now and again, and it's like, hey, you want a job for this random company in Pennsylvania that you didn't apply for? And I'm like, no, that sounds very shady. And then 
they ask me for my credit card information. I'm like, that's also shady. Oh, no, no. no. Yeah. Mm, now I'm learning, but it's a good learning experience. But it's definitely making an impression because I think I'm a good personality and a decent talent as I and trying to be like, hey, you should hire me because it's really just how to market yourself. Because yeah. you're like, hey, me, you want me, even though it's a really <laughs> self-centered thing. But hey, it's a job. So Ah, well, and that's the thing. When you are in the interview process, there is a self-centered component to that. And you do need to have that that wherewithal to be able to sell yourself. And you hit the nail on the head, Nia, because Obviously, your resume is important. A cover letter is important. Your online portfolio is important. You know, the graphic design space is very different than, say, accounting. Oh, you know, and and we talk about that. But I think for you, you can be more of that creative person because that's what they're showcasing. You're showcasing that to show a client what you are capable of. But what what do you think is happening? Like, what is what is your frustration right now with because you're still looking for a job? What's what's been going on for you? Um, I have had, uh, dozens at this point, I would say in person or on the phone or zoom interviews to no avail. I have sadly not been given a offer to choose from. And I just been have trying since I left college to make a break in the industry because I I have connections, but I don't have, which I am slowly understanding. It's like familial or like your dad knows my dad. And Mm. which is like sad thing to realize. And a lot of people get jobs because connections, which is true. And if anyone wants to contradict me, it's, it's, it's the truth. I'd sad, but that's what's happening. And I sadly don't have those connections. I have professors and alumni, but I don't have any like direct connections for someone to be like, oh yeah, 100%, let's hire her because she's yeah. blah, blah, blah's niece. Well, I want to touch on that for a second because that is important. And and I agree with you to some extent because yes, you, there's a reason they say it's all who you know, you know, yes. and, and obviously in some industries that is the case, but you know, you said something before that hit me and I want to touch on that. You're like, I don't have the connections, right? But you have the skill, you have the capability, you have, you have so much more than you realize. And, and, you know, obviously we could spend hours talking about this, but I don't know if it's so much about not having the connections, but I think it's also the expectations of the job search. And I say this to clients all the time, you know, when you think about where you've applied, what went on in the process? You know, I mean, believe me, I've applied to many jobs in my life that I went on the interview, I nailed it, right? And then I didn't get an offer. And the thing that I've found in this whole process, sometimes things are going to be out of our control, right? So when you think about where you've applied, where you've had the interviews, you know, if you were to think back on the the whole point that I'm trying to make with this is, you know, there's a process for every job that you apply to. So when you say dozens of jobs, how many, like, and, and you don't have to say this now, but you know, maybe there's 20 positions that you applied for and you had an interview with, which by the way, is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Like if you are getting interviews and you're going on the interviews, that is in my opinion, half the battle, but some of these roles, it might have absolutely nothing to do with you where like you said, it could be so-and-so's father knows the other person, the other candidate. And unfortunately, that is the way with some of these positions. But keep going. 
keep moving. And when you think about all these interviews that you've been on, what have you learned about yourself with these interviews? I definitely have learned that even if it's a little chink in my armor, as people say, it is personal because you are marketing yourself, but I really don't let it get me down. Like the first few, I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? But like after several over the summer and having really good job interviews, and sadly, I have not been contacted, which I would love to be contacted. Maybe they're still deciding. I just learned that I'm confident in myself enough to, I made it this far. I made it to a few of the jobs. I was like the top 10 or like the one of the last few getting interviewed and chosen and not chosen, but Mm -hmm. it's a long process. And if you get that far, it's amazing. You should be Mm -hmm. very proud, even though like, Hey, you didn't get the job, but you got this far. They wanted you enough to want to talk to you even mm-hmm. on a phone interview or just any time that they took to talk to you about your experience, your journey, and what you bring to the company. Yep. And I've definitely taken that perspective. Like you're wanted, you're needed in this industry. And I have clients like Nicole, as well as freelance ones. And people clearly want to work with me. And it mm-hmm. makes me happy that I actually have talent, even though like, see, like you saying it to yourself is different than people actually like paying you and like yeah. wanting to work with you. And it's just a great feeling that you're wanted and needed, even though like, hey, a lot of these jobs you unfortunately didn't get and it shouldn't like bring you down enough to be like, well, you know, this is the end. I'm going to have to change jobs. Let's go. Let's go become a biologist or something. Um, ah. No, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, they can't get rid of me that easily. No, no. Well, and you know, something I just, I wanted to touch on too, because I, I was literally thinking about this last night, just thinking about our episode and what I wanted to really give you an opportunity to share your job might not have posted yet, you know, and, and I'll, I'll often say this where, you know, sometimes these job interviews that we go on, number one, it has often nothing to do with you when you are not brought back in as the, the final candidate. But I'll even say with, with students that go through these interviews throughout the course of their time at Quinnipiac, every interview you go on is going to teach you something about yourself. It's going to make you a stronger interview, right? But it doesn't mean that you give up, as you said before. But there could also be opportunities within opportunities. An interview in and of itself is networking, right? And so when you are going on these interviews, you might not be that top candidate, but there might be something a month from now that comes up that you didn't even imagine. So stay, you know, one little snippet of advice I would give to you if you're not already doing this, stay in touch with those people that you interviewed with. If you were a top candidate and you just weren't the one, show that grace, right? You can show them, well, thank you so much for this opportunity, which I'm sure you're already doing, but stay in touch with them, you know, and and follow up with the ones that you haven't heard of. So if you could give me a ballpark number, how many jobs, and we're just going to kind of go back and forth for a moment. How many jobs have you interviewed with and gone on an interview? I think I've gone, including phone calls, I think about like 25. Okay. Yeah. So 25 interviews from May of 2022 to now. Yes. And of those 25, how many were just phone interviews? I think I've had a lot of in person because I remember driving to them. Eight. Like it was a good majority, but it wasn't like most of them because I've had a lot of Zoom ones. Okay. 
Yeah. And that's something that I always talk about. The Zoom interviews are definitely those, you know, they're they're definitely weeding out the candidates that they know are not going to be coming to the next round, which again, at that point, it's nothing personal. It's just so general, right? I just like, like the experience, honestly, to have the chance to just interview and practice my interview skills, even though, let's say they already know that you're not going to be the person. You don't know that. So you try to dazzle them with your experience and talents and try to ex- want them to want you mm-hmm. and in like because you don't know you don't know what they're thinking unless they say actually you know you're not the one but yeah. they would never usually say that unless under certain circumstances so you have to go into every interview thinking they're looking for like they want you yeah but they don't know it yet and you have to brand yourself and market yourself mm-hmm. into the candidate that well, don't change yourself just because of a job, but don't fit into a little box unless you really want to. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you can't and just be yourself Yeah, and be confident in that because they might be like, there's no way it's going to be her. You don't, you have no idea. No, you don't. And something I just want to touch on too. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's, it's important to also recognize, like, I'm not a numbers person, but when you tell me that May of 2022 to now, it's about 25 jobs, right? Those are the ones you went on interviews for. Yes. How many did you apply for? Oh, man. Oh, it's, uh, I think 300 at this point. Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's yeah. a lot. That is definitely a lot. You know, one of the things, that, you know, and again, if we were to kind of graph this and put it in a spreadsheet, which, you know, I don't love keeping track of all of this is so important. Oh, I have but a note. Those... I have a notes thing on my on my phone because Good. I have to know like what point I'm at. Like, oh, I got a official, like, sadly, you know, we went with another candidate email or yeah. just ghosted as the kids say. Ah, and just yeah. follow, follow back up. So I'm like, hey, so as my dad says, he always says, you know, like just follow back up. Hey, how's the I just, I was interviewed and just looking to know what eventually happened. Oh, you got a candidate? Well, thank you for confirming that. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you something? Do you ever ask for feedback? I've been told that it's not the preferred thing to ask, but Mm -hmm. I would love to start doing it if you think it's the right thing to do. You know, I, I think there's a part of me that I've felt having been in the workforce for as many years as I have. I mean, I've been in staffing, recruiting, career counseling, career coaching, 27 years for me, right, Nia? And the changes that I've seen in the workforce, the changes that I've seen in recruiting and staffing, one of the biggest frustrations that I have for candidates that go on job interviews and not hearing back, being ghosted, is not to get feedback. And I think that's important. And you know, if there's anything that I feel, if you have not been the candidate of choice, what do you have to lose? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, you know, one of the things they might not provide the feedback, but if they send you an email and say, you know, we're sorry, we've gone with another candidate, you had incredible qualifications, you know, it doesn't hurt to follow up with, thank you so much. I I thoroughly enjoyed going through this process. You know, I don't know. Do you have any tips for a candidate like myself for future reference? Was there anything that I was missing that maybe another candidate had? And, you know, we'll never truly know, but it doesn't hurt to ask because going back to what I said before, showing that grace, you know, when you think about the recruiting world, right? Graphic design is a, is a field in and of itself, right? And 
there are companies out there that have 25, 30 graphic designers on a team. And then there are companies out there that only have one. So learning about those environments, learning about what they look for. I will tell you, if you go on an interview with a company that has a staff of graphic designers and they were interviewing for one, if you continue to be that candidate that is standing out, even though you weren't chosen, that to me shows race, that shows perseverance, that shows determination, that shows a really incredible knack for networking. Even though it doesn't necessarily require you know you to do your job, it's it, you're making an impression. And and I think you know a lot of times I'll say to students, network when you don't have to, right? If you applied to 300 positions and you had, you know, 25 interviews, which is great, you know, we could go back through those numbers, obviously not on today's episode, but, you know, those are things that I think taking apart the whole process that you've already been through and thinking about, you know, of those 25 positions, which are the ones that, you know, you really really were like this is my job and then you made it to that final level and then you didn't get it, right? That sucks. But reaching back out to the people that interviewed you, even now it's Thanksgiving, you know, just, Hey, I hope everything's going well. You never know. You never know what's going to take you. So that was totally a tangent. What are your thoughts on all this? (laughs) I think I'll definitely start doing that because there are a lot of jobs that I really wanted and I'm not naming names because I don't name names, but there's a several jobs that I was like, this is the one I I can envision myself working here and commuting and just, this is my life. And then it sadly didn't work out or I just never heard from them. And I was like, oh, maybe, you know, blah, blah, blah. They got someone. But like, now that I'm hearing this, like, I think I should definitely check back in and be like, hey, I'm just, I was a candidate for this position, XYZ, back in July or something. And I'm just wondering whatever happened to that. If there's any job openings now for graphic designers, if not, just keep me in mind if one ever opens up, blah, blah, blah. Well, and, and that's the thing. Every every student is different. Every candidate is different. Every college graduate is different. Every company is different. Every recruiter is different. And, you know, and that's one of the things I will say with certain companies, especially if they have a staff of graphic designers, people quit. People resign, people get fired, things change. You never know. And recruiters sometimes don't have certain candidates on their radar. So it doesn't hurt in a very tactful, respectful manner to stay in touch, resend a cover letter and a resume. Even if you don't see a job description coming up, you never know. Or go back to those companies and check on their company website, check on LinkedIn, check on Indeed. You know, there's so many different ways now. I mean, gosh, when I worked in recruiting years ago, the internet didn't even exist. What amazing things could have happened if it did. But, you know, and again, I've seen the changes. And that's why, you know, a lot of times clients will say to me, you know, well, is that appropriate? I'll say right now in this day and age with COVID, everything's off the table. I mean, you you know, even gaps in a resume. I want to touch on that for a minute because I think you're one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. You graduated college in 2022. I know you feel that pressure sometimes, like I need to get a full-time job. Yes. You are not alone at all. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to mention, Nia, taking the time to be really thoughtful as to where you're going to start your roots 
because you're building a foundation right now, as are many students out there. I think one of the hardest things is that comparison factor where you see other people getting jobs. 100%. So share, share the, share that for a moment. I think that's important. Definitely, especially because there were only a few of us who graduated with graphic design and definitely it's a major comparison instead of like business school in the school of business when there's like hundreds or a larger majority than the graphic design of the school of communications at Quinnipiac and definitely putting myself in comparison to others and saying like oh my god they just got a full-time job with benefits and I'm over here but like not doing that and I've learned that I should look after myself and think about myself and put myself first even though like comparison um this is one of my favorite quotes comparison is the thief of joy oh yes I am guilty too and this year has just been a lot of self-growth especially with the job search and everything and learning that if I compare like no one no one exactly has the same life journey as you do, mm-hmm. even if you have very similar things that have happened to you. Like, no one is the exact same person, not even twins. Yeah. And there's no way for me to be like, I didn't get this job, but this person did because they have an entirely different life. They mm-hmm. have different connections. They have different, even if we graduated with the same degree and we have different skill sets. I know people I graduated with who are far better coders than I. Their medium is like video and 3D motion graphics. And that is sadly not one of my skill sets, but I would love to learn. But that's not one of my strong suits. And that's completely like we could be applying to the same job, though, Mm -hmm. and completely different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And that's just how it is. And I've learned to not compare myself because there's literally no way to like there's no comparison because yeah. they're different people. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard not to. What is your strong suit? My strong suit, I would have to say, is digital media, for example, mm-hmm. in design, making brochures, billboards, social media, coordinating, as well as I love print design, especially magazines, even though they're it's a dying breed, but I love doing layouts. That's one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, just digital, making digital products, yeah. like brand design. Anything digital is like, as people can see from my portfolio, I do a lot. I'm currently doing a few brand designs for a few other clients, as well as making websites and just working social media for a bunch of different accounts. And mm-hmm. that's what I find happiness in. And yeah. I'm very glad that I get to do it, even though... A lot of my clients, I do it for free because I just want more experience. And even though I'm not getting that from a job right now, I'm still in the trenches. And but just for example, some people who graduate college are just sitting around. Mm -hmm. And I am not the type of person to do that. I I literally just keep working all the time because I just don't like to not work. And even though I do not have a full-time job, although I do love working at Durban, shout out to Durban, um, Mm -hmm. and I still am picking up clients and making connections and just putting my name out there because I could be sitting back and just watching TV and not Mm -hmm. doing anything because I have a part-time job. That's something. 
Although I love having a part-time job, I'm still filling the other gaps of time that I have because I think I would go insane if I didn't have all the stuff I was doing because I like being busy. Well, and, and keep in mind too, when you think about this part of your chapter, right? You are kind of in between two chapters. You finished college, you're entering the workforce. I often say, you know, obviously everybody's journey is their own, as you even said before. Careers are not linear. Where you are now is not where you're going to be five to 10 years from now, but you are establishing such incredible foundations of skill, of experience, building to your portfolio. There may be a lot of different reasons why you have not accepted a full time role right now. You know, it might not be the time yet, and it might be a week from now. You might end up getting contacted for an interview tomorrow and be like, this is why I did not get a job three months ago. You never know, but you're a busy person. And, you know, when you even think about your own social media handles with, you know, Royal Gay Mess and, you know, the things that you do for for my company and other companies, you know, you're building such a framework of talent that employers can look at. And see, wow, this is something that she's done for this company. I wanted to do that for mine. And there's one word I want to, not a word, two words, actually. Have you ever been told that you're kind of an old soul? Very much so, because my parents are a bit on the older side. And they're they're both in their 60s, but early and late 60s. And I was pretty much raised with old things as like 80s and 90s and 70s stuff. Well, I don't, I don't even mean it that way. Like, I don't mean like from an old, old standpoint, but no, I mean, there is definitely like an energy that I feel like if you're in the wrong company, you'll wilt. Does that make sense when I say that? I I don't want to sound like a psychic when I say that. (laughs) No, but I definitely can tell when a thing's not going to work out or it's not the right. It's like when you try to water a cactus. Yeah, the cactus yes, is not yes. supposed to be watered. Oh my gosh. And and Nia, and that's something I want you to always stay true to yourself when you're on this job search because you may have applied to 300 jobs, you may have gotten 25 interviews, but that 27th interview might be that company that's the right one. And and you know, and I say this not just for you, but for students and you know, new graduates and even career transitioners out there. Where you are today is such a different place and you know, even uh, one of the, the final questions I want to ask you, you know, if you were to give yourself that your 18 year old self advice, even not too long ago, but what would that advice be to that, that person that was just starting out in their educational journey? Oh God, little me. I always get like, you know, you have on like Google photos or like Apple when you get like um, memories from like past. I'm like, oh my yep. God, freshman year of college. Yep. and. God, I I always tell myself, little me would be very proud that I stuck it out and I'm still here making what I love to do and not just letting society like break you down and just force you to be like, hey, you know, even though you're not getting a job as a graphic designer, you know, you got to like maybe switch wheelhouses. And I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to stick with my passion. There was a time that I was like thinking, I'm not good at this, like because X, Y, Z just because like I'm passionate about it. So that's like half the battle. I could be mm-hmm. like accountant or a auditor. Mm-hmm. I could be really good at it, but just not have the passion for it. And then you're just yeah. like, Egh. 
Well, and it's funny you say that because there are a lot of students out there that came into college knowing they wanted to be an accountant. They love numbers. That's what they want to do. And that's where they go. And that's what's important. We all have our lanes, right? We all have our skill sets, our values, our interests. And, you know, for you, I I love that you are able to have so many different tabs opened to be able to create your own content for yourself, for clients, but also recognizing that there's another goal here. For you to find a full-time job. And, you know, and that's the thing where if there's any thought of, of, you know, as we come to the close of this episode, you know, don't give up on yourself because you have come so far in your skills and your experience that it's, you're right at the edge of that horizon. You know, I, I, I truly believe that. And I say that to all students, not every path is the same. And for all of your classmates that graduated with you, that got jobs right away, you know, you said something before about graphic design. It is a smaller pool. And it also is a smaller amount of opportunities. You know, there's there's definitely less graphic designers opportunities than, say, an accountant in a huge company. So that's just something to keep in mind. Now, you did say something I wanted to touch on real quick about maybe shifting wheelhouses. You know, you, you're not going to have to do that, but there might be some pieces of what you do in other areas of different companies. So, you know, recognizing that, that there might be other things that like writing, you mentioned that you love writing. So just, I thought I'd just throw that out there for a moment. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I agree with you, but <laughs> but I'm not like going to become like a scientist, but mm. like, but I'm definitely going to stick with what I love doing. And yeah. writing is definitely, as a minor, copywriting, fiction, creative writing. I'll, I'm going to even, I want to find a job that marries my passions with my skills. And even though everyone's like, you won't, you know, you won't find that on your first try. But I'm like, any job that I can put my skills that I'm passionate about to, that's a marriage in heaven right there. Yeah. And I would love to work there because I get to do what I love and get dental. You're mm-hmm. telling me that's 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 what I love. That's <laughs> I love. I want dental. Oh my gosh. I think we all do. <laughs> it's so and important. Like you're telling me that I get to do this for the rest of my life and I am happy doing it. Yeah. Sign me up. Not to put you on the spot, but do you have that dream job out there right now? Like it doesn't have to be like graphic designer with a, but is there that dream job for you right now? I don't really have a dream job, but I have a dream industry because I know that like there's different, like graphic design is in every industry. There's graphic design in lawyers. There's graphic design in the government. There's graphic design in dental, dentist offices. I'm really a dentist way. I love to work in fashion doing graphics fashion and I think at some point I will be there but at this current moment I believe honestly that I do not have the experience in the workforce yet to be applying for Vogue like I could apply right now and make a mark but like I honestly in a few years I think I will be applying but at this current moment I do not have the backbone or the experience to put myself in that position to be like hey I worked with blah 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 and I worked in a team and I just have massive amounts of experience on my portfolio which I do have right now but not in the sense of being in the industry but 
I know that even though it's not at this current moment, it's going to happen someday. Yeah. I love that, Nia. And it's funny because there are plenty of candidates out there that are applying to Vogue like today with very little experience. And they have that mindset of, well, I want to work there. That's where I'm going to work. And I admire your maturity. And, And I'm not saying that you shouldn't apply. I'm just really impressed with your ability to sit back, grow your skills grow your experience to be your authentic self. And that is, that's your journey. That's your story. And keep that in mind, you know, as you're, as you're going through this, this start of your chapter, because that's part of the reason I think why you are still building all around you. And before you know it, you're just going to shoot away and it's going to be a beautiful thing. And I'm not going to know what to do with my Instagram account because I'm going to lose you, but Oh, but, God, oh my no. gosh, I'm totally kidding. But no, I mean, you really like, think about what you even just provide for me, you know? So I just, I, I'm really, really thankful that, that we've become connected through driven and I admire you. I can't wait to see you continue to soar. And obviously I'm going to, I always ask my guests, how can our listeners connect with you? Um, you mentioned your social media stuff, but say the best way to connect and then, and then we're going to wrap up. Um, the best way to connect is on my Instagram, the Royal Gay Mess, or on my Facebook, Nia Amelia with an E. Um, Cause apparently that was a problem the other day. It was an A. Um, someone thought it was an A and it was a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> And so, yeah, I'm pretty active and I love to make connections and just talk with people and see what you guys need or just have fun talking about because I can go on pretty long tangents about what I'm passionate about. So. Well, Nia, I am so thankful that you came on to talk to us today. I, you know, you know that I adore you. I love your story. I think that you have incredible things to offer out to the universe. And I just, I can't wait for you to tell me one day, this is it. I've got it. This is where I'm going. But in the meantime, it is truly a genuine pleasure to spend time with you and get to know you and to see what you create with our social media account, Unpacking Perspectives. And on behalf of everyone here at Unpacking Perspectives, thank you for joining us and everyone else until next time. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and if you haven't already, leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date on upcoming episodes, you can follow us on Instagram at Unpacking Perspectives and on Facebook at Unpacking Perspectives Podcast. Additionally, don't forget to visit my website at nmdcareers.com for more information about the podcast and my private practice. If you or someone you know needs support with any aspect of career exploration or transition, as a career counselor and board certified career coach, I'm available for one-on-one coaching sessions, group coaching, online workshops, and guest speaking events. Feel free to reach out with any questions, book a call, or even be a guest on our podcast. Thanks again, everyone. Don't forget, if you spend too much time thinking about the final destination, you might miss experiencing the journey. Thanks for listening to Unpacking Perspectives. Until next time.